This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. I'd just like to let you know here at the beginning that I'm doing another teacher talk at the British Council in Paris on October the 19th. That's Thursday, October the 19th at 7 p.m. And I'll be talking about British humour. I did that talk earlier this year and I'm doing it again. So the aim of the talk is to try and explain British humour. And I'll be giving examples of what British humour is and also talking about how that relates to our communication style in English. Everybody's welcome to come. If you're not in Paris, then don't worry. You can still watch the talk because it's going to be live streamed on the British Council France Facebook page. Now, if you're in Paris and you'd like to come... All you need to do is register your name on the British Council's website. Uh, it's completely free and you can bring a friend if you want. You just need to make sure that, that that friend is going to be able to understand me. The link to register your name is britishcouncil.fr en events. Just go there and find my talk and then register your name. But as I said, if you can't come, it will be live streamed on Facebook. How do you see that? How are you going to see that? Well, you just need to go to British Council France on Facebook. And then on the 19th of October at 7pm Paris time, that's Central European time, the live stream should begin. And then you'll be able to basically get a front row seat at this talk. Those are the details of my talk which is called What Is This? British Humour on the 19th of October um, at 7pm. Support for Luke's English Podcast comes from my sponsors, one of whom is italki. And if you want speaking practice, pronunciation practice, fluency work, help with grammar, preparation for a job interview or an exam, or simply the opportunity to speak English in regular one-to-one conversations, then why not use italki to find an individual tutor to give you lessons based around your needs and your schedule. And remember that because italki sponsor this podcast, they will give you a voucher worth a free lesson when you buy some talking time. To get started with italki and to reap the benefits of that offer, go to teacherluke.com dot co dot uk slash talk or click an italki logo on that site you're listening to luke's english podcast for more information visit teacherluke.co.uk hello folks welcome to the podcast how are you doing today i hope you're doing all right now I don't have a lot of time for chit-chat and small talk here at the beginning. I've got to get straight into the introduction for this episode because we don't have have much time, so let's get straight into it. So here is another conversation 
with my friend Paul Taylor for your listening pleasure. And in this one, we're talking about English pronunciation. And the main topic is how certain words can be very difficult to pronounce for learners of English, which is, first of all, the perfect topic for Paul, because lots of the jokes that he tells in his stand-up comedy shows are about language differences, especially pronunciation difficulties between French and English. So he's got plenty of funny things to say about the subject. But also, uh, this should be a really useful one for you, because English pronunciation is well known for being complicated because of irregularities between the spelling of certain words and how they are actually pronounced. For example, we have many words with silent letters or many cases of certain letter combinations being pronounced in many different ways. For example, how do you pronounce O-U-G-H in words? Is it uff? Uh, is it off? Is it oo? How do you pronounce O-U-G-H? And why is there a G in there anyway? And how about T-H sounds like th and th? How do you make those th sounds without spitting everywhere? And how can you be sure that you're saying the words beach, sheet and focus without accidentally insulting everyone in the room? Now, if you've ever struggled with these issues, then don't worry, you're not alone, of course. The apparently complex and inconsistent relationship between spelling and pronunciation in English is a common cause of confusion and difficulty for learners of this language. Lots of people struggle with these things. Individual people, but also whole nations of people who struggle with certain words or sounds because of influence from the first language. Now, I've talked about spelling and pronunciation differences uh, on this podcast before. Uh, one memorable example is the episode when I went through a few poems that highlight the so-called inconsistencies in this area. Like, for example, that poem which is called The Chaos. I think it's called The Chaos of English Pronunciation. That's the one that begins with the lines, Dearest creature in creation, study English pronunciation. Remember that one? And also, I read out a few other poems, like, for example, the one called English is Tough Stuff, which I think begins with the line, the bandage was wound around the wound. You might be familiar with those poems because they sometimes get shared on social media and, you know, people seem to, um, you know, print them out. You know, teachers use them in class or you might have seen them online. Well, you can hear me talking about those poems and reading them out in episode number 144 of this podcast. That episode was called The Chaos of English Pronunciation. So you can check that out uh, if you uh, are interested in this subject and you haven't already heard that one. Check it out. But anyway, in this episode, Paul and I are going to talk specifically about difficult words and sounds in English pronunciation. Okay, tricky pronunciation in English. Now, both Paul and I live in France, of course, and Paul speaks fluent French. So many of our examples are about the problems that French people have um, with pronunciation in English. And there are also references to problems that Japanese and Spanish speakers of English might experience with pronunciation too. But it's not just those nationalities. The majority of the words that we're talking about here are hard to pronounce for all learners of English, so I think this should be both a useful and entertaining episode for all of you, regardless of your first language. 
You should know also that there is swearing throughout this episode, uh, meaning rude words, so watch out for those. There are also quite a few tangents in the conversation where we end up talking about things which seem unrelated to the main topic, but I've left those tangents in in this episode because I think this is, well, it's basically an informal conversation with some stupid jokes and some moments where we mess around a bit as well as talking about all of that pronunciation. So it's not just an English lesson. We're also trying to keep you entertained as we go through the episode. Uh, If you're listening to this on a bus or a train, again, try not to laugh. People might resent you for openly displaying happiness in public. Or if not, you know, maybe they won't resent you for it if you're laughing and smiling as you listen. If someone seems interested in that, then do share this episode with them. I don't mean that you should play it out loud in, in public on the bus or something, but... I do suggest that you spread the love around a bit. I mean, if you know someone who might enjoy this episode or find it useful or just generally someone who might enjoy the podcast in general, then why not recommend this episode to them? It could be a good way to kind of share uh, the podcast and spread the love around a little bit. For anyone in the Orion transcription team who is transcribing this episode, well, good luck. There are loads of things in this conversation which might be difficult to spell. So if you're transcribing it, then good luck. Um, and in just in general, it might be a tricky episode to transcribe because it's pretty fast. So may the force be with you. But don't forget, and this is uh, for all of you, don't forget that lots of notes and word lists are included on the page for this episode on the website, including pretty much all of the difficult words that you will hear and more. So you can check the spelling of those tricky words in this conversation by checking out the uh, the page for this episode on the website. And also, another reason why you should check out the page is that I've recorded a video especially for you in which I go through more than 40 tricky words that come up in this conversation. And in the video, I repeat them all clearly with examples and there are some subtitles on the screen and that's designed to help you see the spelling and hear the words at the same time, while also giving you a chance to see how my mouth moves as I pronounce those words. You can also use that video to do some pronunciation drills. You can try to listen and repeat what you hear, which I highly recommend if you want to really make the most out of this episode to improve your English. So you can either just listen to the episode... Or if you want to take it further and push your English a bit further, check out the page, look at the word lists, listen and re- uh, listen to that video, you know, watch my mouth moving, try and repeat the words that I say. That's a good way of just pushing your English further with this episode of the podcast. Um, by the way, have a look at the website on your mobile phone now because the mobile version of this website has been improved recently. So it should look pretty good. It should be usable from your mobile device now. And just in case that wasn't enough, let me suggest also that you listen all the way to the end of this episode in order to hear some funny tongue twisters and some hilariously bad rapping by Paul and me. Okay then, right, so that's the end of this introduction. Let's now jump into the conversation and here we go. Hello, we're talking about language. Sit down, let's have a chat. Hmm? A bit of a chat, sir. A bit of a chat, yes, Roger, just a bit of a chat. (laughs) What about, sir? About English as a global language. This is a conversation. Yes. I would like to talk to you. 
Okay, let's talk. Let's have a quick conversation, huh? What do you think? That's what we're going to do. Away, baby, let's go. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a conversation about language. Okay, so, Paul, you're back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're Cup back. Cup of tea in hand. Cup of tea in hand. Uh, drinking tea. Can you drink tea without slurping? No, I don't think so. It's difficult, isn't it? Because there are slurpers and non-slurpers. The thing is, if you don't slurp, it burns. Exactly. Right? So I, I don't really understand. I think they just wait for their tea to cool down a bit. That's right. People who, who are proper and polite and all that stuff. My wife has to wait about 10 minutes before drinking a cup of tea. Yeah. Like a whatever, green tea or whatever. Yeah. My wife also will wait ages and then she doesn't drink it. <laughs> she like, drinks a, a little bit. Like her, just any, uh, any <laughs> drink that I give her, she just drinks a couple of sips and then it just gets left there forever. <laughs> I'm like, why don't you drink your tea? What's wrong with Unfinished you? Unfinished drinks. Yeah. Um, okay, so, Paul, we're yeah. drinking tea. We are drinking tea. That's normal, which is nice, just to kind of uh, uh, refresh the... What? Refresh what? Refresh ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Now, I thought that I'd ask you... I thought in this one we would talk about pronunciation mm-hmm. and words that are difficult to pronounce. Mm-hmm. And words that are difficult pro- to pronounce for learners of English... Mm-hmm. But also, possibly, words that are difficult to pronounce for anyone, yeah. including native speakers of English. Do you yeah. ever have problem pronouncing certain uh, words? Yeah. Um, Can't think of any examples. No, there was one earlier on that, that... Well, there was one that you said, which you said incorrectly. Really? Cra- what was it? Cramp? No. Oh, I can't remember. And I made a joke. Okay. Remember it. Should we start this again? <laughs> I don't remember. No, there was a, there was a word that you said in the previous podcast where you said it was a word that we were talking about, and then you added it was like instead of saying tamp, you said tramp, uh, but it wasn't that. But you said something like that, and I made a I made a comment about it earlier on. So yeah, there are certain words that English native yeah. speakers find difficult. Sometimes we slip up and we just say it wrong by mistake. Yeah, which is um, why it's fun to play with uh, tongue twisters. Because sometimes it's yep. difficult to say certain combinations of sounds together, yep. which is why tongue twisters are a thing. Tongue twisters, things like, you know, uh, uh, she sells seashells on the seashore. Mm-hmm. Can you do that one? She sells seashells on the seashore. Can you do it really quickly? She sells seashells on the seashore. Right, because you end up sounding like... Seashore. Yeah. yeah, you end up sounding like uh, Sean Connery. In the yeah. She sells seashells on the seashore. <laughs> she sells... Sea- There's a really funny joke by uh, Milton Jones. It's one of my yeah. favorite jokes. And he says, um, so by the way, see, she sells seashells, like shells that are from the sea, on the seashore. So, so, show. Show. <laughs> she, shall, she sells shells on the beach, basically. Yeah. That's what that means. So Milton Jones, this British comedian, he's got a great joke. It's one of my favorite jokes. And he says, it's hard to say what my wife does. She sells seashells on the seashore. <laughs> so the way in yeah. which, like first of all the setup just... it's hard to say what my wife does that means he doesn't really know what she does in her job mm-hmm. and then he explains that her job is that she sells seashells on the seashore and it is hard to say what his wife does yeah. that's, the, that's the joke anyway, yeah well that's a, um, it's, I wish I was good at, I wish I could make jokes like that he's a really really clever joke writer I have to say Milton Jones he's brilliant <sighs> anyway so we're talking about uh, pronunciation Things, yeah. difficult words that, you know words that are dif- difficult yeah, to, which is basically to half of my stand up show <laughs> right well often it is yeah you talk a lot about the difficulties that French people have with speaking English. Well, it's yeah, it's difficulties that I've come across, or difficulties that have happened in the in in life that make for funny situations, like uh, the lack of H, the fact that French people don't pronounce the English H, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, angry and hangry sound the same in French, 
angry, angry and hungry. Ang- uh, yeah, angry. Yeah, sorry, angry and hungry. Yeah. sound the same as a French person. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of saying happiness, a French person will say happiness, which kind of sounds like a penis. Uh-huh. Um, which is funny if you combine it with titles of films like in pursuit of happiness uh <laughs> someone's pursuing a penis right. uh, whatever the thing is right uh i have a, a whole bit around the french uh welfare system uh not welfare but like um unemployment benefits which yeah. used to be uh, ran but run by a company called acidic which if you say that in english kind of sounds like ass and dick right. which is another play on words that i do there's lots of stupid play on words that i do yeah. which make people laugh yeah, like yeah. Uh, an uh, like a, a learning language book called assimile uh, Assimile. Assimile, which sounds like 1,000 asses. Right, it does, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, okay. All right, well, uh, yeah, you're the, perfect so per- you're the perfect person to talk to about this subject then. Love it. Um, so let me James s- Simpson's joke, f- focus for just two minutes. Mr. Simpson, you must focus. Yeah, although Gad Almanay stole that. And, uh, R- really? I mean, he stole it. It's, n- it's, it's, it's an observation that's fairly easy to make, that, that French people say fuck us instead of focus, or the way they say focus sounds like fuck us, yeah. and so you can just invent a story about, oh, fuck us for two minutes, yeah. fuck us right now. Right. <laughs> you know. It's, to be honest, I've heard- If you don't fuck us now- then it'll be too late. Then it'll be too late to fuck us tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, whatever the whatever you can make millions of. of uh, but I first heard it from James Simpson. Yeah. And then I heard Gad Elmaleh do it in a uh, maybe in his new show. I don't know. To be honest, I'd heard loads of students in in the past saying focus instead of focus. It's not just the French, also other languages. Yeah. They say it. I had a, one, a student from Argentina who was just so funny, a really nice guy, and he used to laugh out loud in the classroom. And sort of, you know, it was hilarious whenever he said focus. He's like, you know, sounds like I'm saying fuck us, right? To everyone. And I'd be laughing too. Yeah, and everyone yeah. else would be like, what, what's, what, what's going on? Yeah. You know. And it's, it's weird that how different countries have different... Um, well, it's really interesting. I mean, it, I, I, I studied a bit of it when I was at university, but I wasn't interested enough to... But now I am, and I just, but I just don't have time to look into it. But how di- why different people from different languages mm-hmm. have different troubles with different words you know yeah. like in french like the h is a big thing you know uh that sort of stuff but in spain like when spanish people speak english they have a problem with um words that start with s and then are straight away followed by a, a consonant yeah um like they can't say spain or they can't say spanish they say espanish yeah because in spain in spanish that that's what they do so like even sports they'll es- say esports because they're used to doing ES. I don't know. It's just a, a. It's always funny for me when you hear about certain musicians, like uh, British bands that are famous in Spain. Like, for example, who's in, for a Spanish person? That's my tea. Sorry, it is your tea. Paul nearly drank my tea. Sacrilege. Um, uh, for example, uh, Paul, mm. as a Spanish person. Uh, yeah. Paul. Paul. Um, uh, who was the lead singer of the police? Esting. <laughs> yeah, Esting, Esting. Uh huh. Um, let's see. Uh, what about um, who's the who's the the musician, the pop star from the eighties who had like dreadlocks? He was a white guy, but he had dreadlocks, and he sang, "Don't you? Do you really wanna hurt me?" Oh, do you know who that is? Boy George. Boy George. <laughs> Boy George. Right. George. Yeah, they can't. Yeah, the G G is very difficult for Spanish. Uh, do you know the group that did? Um, that one, I can't remember. Spandau that. Ballet. Uh, <laughs> Spandau Ballet. 
in Spandau Ballet, isn't it? Ballet, maybe yeah, Spandau Ballet. Yeah, but yeah, they got they got weird like a, sim- a bit similar to France and opposite to like uh, Quebecois or German. They'll say f- actors and actresses in their own vo- as if they're not English people. You know, like they'll say. Uh, let me think of an example. But it, um, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, like French people say about Benedict Cumberbatch, which uh, is very similar, to be ha- fair. Harrison but, Ford, like... Yeah, I'm thinking more like uh, Ray Fiennes. Mm-hmm. In, 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 in French, he's called Ralph Fiennes. Whoa! Because that's how it's written. Yeah. Which is fair enough. And in Germany? I don't know in Germany, but I get the impression in German, like, because they're more, I don't know, Anglophone than... than than France and Spain, I think they say it in an English accent. Oh, okay. Or as close to an... It's like French Quebecois people. Mm-hmm. They always say their things in a, in, a, in a... They'll be speaking French, but then they'll suddenly say an American... Another part from, of my show is that. When, like, when I moved to Canada... So uh, que- French Quebecois, that's yeah. the language uh, of the people who live in Quebec. Yes. Which is like, they're French, the f- but... Uh, uh, they, it's the French in, province of Canada. So, the, north, yeah. yeah, they they speak French. They speak a different French, a, a slightly different. It's the equivalent of London English and, and Scotland. Sorry, I said they were French. Obviously, they're not French. They're Canadian. No, they're Canadian. They but, speak French. Yeah, they speak French, but they've they've got a, a strange accent and strange words compared to French French. If you're used to French French, it's weird. Yeah. Similar, if you're learning English and you listen to Scotland from Glasgow, you're like, whoa, it's yeah. difficult, right? So, yeah. similar sort of thing. But yeah, the the, the French Quebecois will say. Instead of like you know, my name is Paul Taylor, and that's how I say it in in, in native in, in my in my accent. I say Paul Taylor, uh, but that didn't work when I was in Canada. People never understood when I would be speaking French, and I'd be like Bonjour, like speaking French in Canada, but using English words. So, for example, I'd say Bonjour, je m'appelle Paul Taylor. Yeah, they didn't understand it until I went Bonjour, je m'appelle Paul Taylor. Ah, so I had to say it in like a a French. Like in a, in like a, 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 a sort of, an American accent, yeah, a North American yeah. accent. And then when I'm in France now, I have to say Bonjour, je m'appelle Paul Taylor. I have to say my 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 name in a French accent for French people to understand. How what do I'm they saying. say it in Spain? Uh, Paul Taylor, Paul Taylor. The, the the emphasis is on a different place, you know. Whereas I'd say yeah. Paul Taylor. Yeah. They're like, uh, yeah, I guess it's the same. Paul Taylor. Okay. But it's got Paul that R, R sound yeah. at the end. Paul Taylor. Paul. <laughs> Paul. I don't think Paul. Anyone, does anyone actually say Paul? Uh, yeah, they, if, really? uh, yeah. If, 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 French, if Spanish, some Spanish people who'd seen my name written, they'd call me Paul because it's P A U L. Yeah, like Raúl with a P. Right. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. Okay. That was my first joke when I used to work at Apple, and I used to do presentations in Spanish. Uh, uh, that was my first intro, you know, because obviously you introduce yourself because you're yeah. going to be with them for two weeks training. Yeah. It's like, ah, yeah. I just say, hola, me amo Paul. Like everyone, like all the trainers would go through their introductions. All of them would be Spanish, yeah. you know. Hola, me amo Juan. Soy de Madrid. Tengo 27 años, blah, 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 blah. And I, it comes to me, I'm like, hola, me amo Paul. Es como Raúl, pero con una P. <laughs> and the whole room would be in, that, would it. That, that, that was the start. Raúl. You can roll your R's pretty well. Raúl, yeah. Um, Spanish. Can, yeah. can you keep the, the, the roll going <clears throat> forever? Can you keep the rote? Can you go... Okay. Stop! Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. that was good. I can, I, can, I can only do maybe two. Yeah. Is that two or three? I don't know. I can only it do... Sounds like three. You know, how, you know Scousers? Yeah. Do you know how many they do? Do it. Do do something in Scouse. You're right, mate. All right, Accrington Stanley. It's one. It's one. One. Yeah. One. Yeah. That's right. 
Simon Scottish, yes, you bastard. You bastard. I, thought, I, like, I, the way that, I like the way that's your, your go-to example. You bastard. For Scottish, you English bastard. We don't need your English bastard money. Yeah. That's like, that's Michael McIntyre. Yeah, we've got your own, yeah. There you go, I've got a Scottish person swearing at me there. Thank you very much. <laughs> what was that? You're a bastard! Oh, that is, well, that's, that's, um, <clears throat> I don't know if that's the latest word you've learnt, but I certainly know it's the first words that babies learn in Scotland. That's, that's when they get excited. You've got your own money as well, you should be proud of that. Uh, you've, you've basically gone, we don't need your English bastard money, eh? We can have our own money! <laughs> That's Michael McIntyre. Yeah, we've got your own. Yeah, yeah, um, great bit. Anyway, uh, so um, okay. So, so yeah, it's it's weird, and I, I guess it's. I think Italian and Spanish are more close to each other in terms of pronunciation. And I want. I think. I I think the science behind it is that you know certain languages use certain parts of the mouth mm-hmm. and the tongue in certain places of the mouth to pro- to produce the the the, the sounds. Yeah. Uh, that the accent that the, that the that you have and and uh, as a kid as you're forming that at some stage your palate and your mouth and your tongue like it they stop being able to do different yeah. you know if you haven't learned it as a kid then you then you'll never learn it yeah. which is why I I'm lucky that having grown up in different countries I guess my mouth formed a different in a different way than than the standard English person so yeah. I'm able to do a good French and a good Spanish accent and you can keep that uh, that uh, rhotic R going forever. Mm. Um, unlike me, you can only do maybe one or two. Yeah. Once, I, and Spanish is weird like that. Like you've got words that look the same. The, one's got one R and one's got two R's. Yeah. You know, like the word the word but, uh, yeah. but, and the word dog are spelt the same except for one R. So but in Spanish is pero. Yeah. So just one quick R, like roll. Yeah. But the word for dog is perro with ah. two R's. So it's it's yeah. like English people haven't it can't you know they can't do but they just go perro. <laughs> Pero, pero, pero. That's it. So the, what you were saying there is that each language, right, has their own set of phonemes or mm. sounds. Mm-hmm. And basically that language uses that set of sounds. Each sound is you, is created by a certain combination of like, for example, uh, voice, you know, the vocal cords or air moving through the mouth in a certain way mm-hmm. or the tongue in a certain position, the lips, the jaw, all of these things in a certain position or the, the back of the throat yeah. and stuff like that. So, and you've uh, got, yeah, you've got very technical linguistic terms for each of those, like, yeah. a, like the, a, a P. I think it's a bilabial plosive. Exactly, yeah. Because you're using both of your lips, so bilabial, and it's a plosive because it makes a p, p, like a... a, a, An explosion. Yeah, like, um, I can't remember what the T is. The T... T T is an alveolar... uh, I'm not sure if it's a fricative. It might not be a plosive. You've got the dental... Oh, so... You've got fricatives. Yeah, so a P is a bilabial plosive, and I think a B... Is a is a voiced bilabial voiced bilabial plosive because yeah. it's voiced because you, you, there's no vocal cords whereas b b it's the same thing you're making the same movement with your mouth but you're you're voicing it yeah exactly. same same thing when I uh, when I explain my beatboxing yeah and how to beatbox you mm-hmm. say the word boots and cats over yeah. and over again but you just don't vocalize it so you just go yo Yo, 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 sitting on the sofa with Paul Taylor. None of my rhymes actually rhyme, but Paul's got the boots and cats in your flat. And you can add the word tits and yeah, that's the, that's, that's the level up when you go. And then you've got like a Michael Jackson thing going on. 
Yo, yo, yo. Okay. Anyway. I can't. This is like watching two, especially me, white, <laughs> white English person, <laughs> middle aged now, let's mm. be honest, a white middle aged person rapping. It's just not right, is it? Yeah. So, yeah, it's accents and sounds are very weird. And the, the ironic thing is, is that French, the French accent is so strong when they speak other languages. Yet, f- f- uh, the French language, I think, out of the, like, whatever you call it, alphabet. Mm-mm. What's the alphabet that we use? Let me called? just, let me drink my tea. Uh, the phonemic alphabet. Right? Uh, well, like the, 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 not like the... The symbols you know, that represent all the different sounds. Yeah, but like, uh, well, what do you call the Arabic alphabet? The Arabic alphabet? Oh, well, I'm not sure. There must be a name you know, Like the Russian it. alphabet's got the a different... Cyrillic is yeah, the, the Russian well, alphabet. Whatever, the, 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 the Latin language alphabet. Okay. The la- <laughs> uh, let's just say the Latin yeah, alphabet. Yeah, out of that, French has got the most, the most vowel sounds. Really? Out of all of languages. Which is why I have so many problems with, with French, because yeah. there are vowel sounds that I, I, I don't even, I can't even, I, d- I can't really distinguish between yeah. some of those vowel sounds. Which, which, which is what I, f- so that makes sense for an English person who, which has got less vowel sounds in English than in French. Uh-huh. Difficult. But what I don't understand is how French people have a hard time pronouncing English, yet there's less vowel sounds. And Spanish, I think, has got the least, where there's, there's one sound for each vowel and that's it. There's A E I O U, and there's no other way of saying A E I O U, and it it doesn't, and that's why Spanish is is great because you just read it as it's yeah. written. Yeah. It's so easy. Like if you if you have the letter A, it can only be A. There's no other sound that can that even combined with another mm-hmm. uh, vowel, it's yeah. just A. Unlike English, which is a nightmare uh. because the the way the words are spelt and the way that they're pronounced is so different, yeah. and also. Maybe as a result of that, there are so many different uh, pronunciations of words, you know, because of all the many different accents mm-hmm. there are in English. Um, so, so basically, we're, we're just talking about, first of all, the influence of the first language on uh, the second language, yep. right? So um, each language, uh, every person who has their own first language, so Spanish people, Japanese people, Russian people, whatever... Um, they all have, uh, don't make the Russian joke here. You didn't? Good. Okay. Uh, all right. Oh, I was thinking you? about somewhere to place it. I know you were what, thinking about What's the Russian it? joke? <laughs> Never mind. No. Um, so anyway, each speaker of, of a different language has their own uh, problems with English. And, you know, it's something like the, the majority of errors in uh, the second language are caused by influence from the first language and mm. that includes pronunciation errors mm-hmm. obviously as we've discussed but also it includes things like you know uh grammatical errors and, and mm-hmm. things like that it's not just that they don't know the errors it's because they're basically con- converting from the first language yeah. into the second well language. and it can be it can be dangerous as well it can be life-threatening go on there was a story recently of a of a woman uh i think she was english or australian mm-hmm. or american she was anglophone she no, she wasn't. I think she was Swedish or Dutch. She went bungee jumping in Spain. Did you read this story? Nope. She went bungee jumping in Spain, as, and so, you, as you do. Yeah, obviously, because that's one of the main attractions in Spain is to jump off a cliff. Yeah, which do like the locals do because the economy's bad and everyone's like, "Fuck it, oh, <laughs> terrible." Anyway, so <sighs> she's gone bungee jumping off a bridge, and they're tying her up. Yeah, uh, on the feet or whatever, and at some stage. The um, the the Spanish instructor says no jump. What the Spanish instructor the, says? Yeah, no jump, no jump. Don't jump, don't jump. No, no jump. jump, no jump, no jump. But obviously, because he's probably got a thick Spanish accent, he, he, he it sounded like now jump, and she jumped. 
Oh. And she died. Oh, no. She jumped, and she, like, the, the, the equipment wasn't tied properly around, so she felt like oh, she died. Ooh. Because a Spanish guy didn't know how to say don't jump, he said no jump, and it sounded like now jump, and she just went for it. Oh. That's the basic story. There's obviously probably more behind it, like, you know, obviously you would check twice. Then, if, and, if somebody's and... tying you up, and you're about to jump off a bridge, and the guy says jump now. Yeah. I mean, it's her... Go, now? Really now? Now? It's her fault. So far. She'd be like, just well, jump. I, oh, so I kind of did in her mind. She must have been like, did he say jump or not jump? I don't know. Anyway, who cares? Let's just jump. Fuck yeah. it. Well, the most exciting part, not the exciting part, the most interesting part about the whole story is that, like, surely when you're being recruited to be a bungee jump instructor. <laughs> Surely the interview process includes a, a level of English because there's going to be tourists there. Mm-hmm. And at some stage, obviously, like I would sit the guy down and go, okay, cool. Here's, a, here's, here's some basic phrases that you need to learn in English to be a bungee jump instructor. One of them is don't jump. Now, how do you say no saltes in English? And the guy goes, now jump. I'd be like, right, get out. You're, fu- you're not getting this job. <laughs> you jump. Yeah, the guy just went, uh, ¿Cómo se dice no saltes en inglés? And the guy went, now jump. And the guy went, you've got a job. Okay. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Great. Nothing to see here. No problem. <laughs> no, I can't see. Yeah, so anyway, it can, be, it can be very dangerous if you don't pronounce the right thing. Especially if you work on a bungee jumping station. <laughs> Moral uh, of the story. In other jobs, it might not be quite as serious. Um, all right. So f- uh, basically, the features of the first uh, language account for the majority of problems that people have when speaking English in this case. And this can be sorted out with things like practice, you know, just practicing Make uh, uh, producing those sounds and uh, doing vocabulary uh, pronunciation drills and things, but sometimes you also might need to find other tricks to deal with those things. You know, like um, other little tricks, finding different words, Fi- just <laughs> finding synonyms. Yeah, using a synonym if you're not, if uh, you can't use that word. Like for example, I can't order water, so I just, <laughs> so you just I get only beer. I just <laughs> I just drink beer. <laughs> Either that or I only drink the finest quality Evian yeah. uh, mineral water, yeah. you know. Did you know I joke. found out the difference between mineral water and... Uh, water. N- mineral water and, I don't know how you say it in English, s- spring water. Oh, really? Yeah, because you know, some say spring, some say mineral. I think, I, I think I've worked it out. Yeah. Go on. Is it mineral water that means the water is, has gone through the rocks? It's, it's actually gone through porous rock and it's been sort of filtered through rock mm. and the spring water it's just come down a, a river or a stream from the yeah mountain. something like that it's the 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 the, the, the kind of the is my uncle who works in geology and does a whole bunch of stuff in australia mm. ba- it, and, and this is mainly in australia in france the rules are probably different yeah. apparently in australia spring water is actually water that's come from a spring oh yeah and mineral water is just basically uh filtered tap water no it's just filled it's like water just filtered through minerals which oh right is is not as good apparently. Anyway, so they rip off people. Anyway, so what? Spring water is the real the real deal. Apparently, yeah, you need to get a spring. And Evian is not spring water. It's min- it's mineral water. It's mineral water. But but mineral water to me suggests there are more minerals. Yeah, potentially. But or at least you minerals. Don't, you don't need minerals. Not in water. Just <laughs> hydrate in it. In America, they've got that stuff. What is it called? Smart water. Smart water. Yeah. Which is like ion. It's full of ions to bring you the fresh taste it's like cloud water or something mm. 
know. Yes. Yeah, so anyway, is that, you can, is that you can't bollocks look. or is that? I don't know. I, I trust my uncle a little, like because he's he's, yeah. he's a professor of. No, I believe uh, that, but I'm wondering if the smart water is just. Oh, smart water! No, it's just bollocks. Of course it is. It's America. They just make up any any uh, any bullshit for any marketing of like, oh, this will be good for marketing because people will be like, oh, smart water, it'll make me smarter. Oh yeah. And so they they buy that, you know. I don't know. It's just yeah. there's a the, the, uh, I don't know. I, I I find it difficult going to places where the 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 level like sanitation. Yeah, well, not even sanitation, but where no, I wasn't even say that. Oh. Where like the 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 culture and the politics is to to, to dumb down the population as much as po- as much as possible, you know. And as soon as people start getting intelligent uh, and they start coming out, no, 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 it's all bollocks. It's not, you know, like climate change. Obviously, it's a thing, but you know, Americans. The American high, you know, people that run America. Basically, you mean, you mean like the Republican Party? Yeah, all of them. They're all, they're all, they're all. I don't know. They're all probably Muppets uh, and dolls for for some some bigger sort of. Somebody's running America, and it's not Donald Trump. You, you mean you mean there's like corporate interests. You mean what you're, what you're basically yes. saying here is that on the subject of climate change in the United States, on anything there, or gun control or whatever it is, anything there, there are massive corporate lobbies, yeah. like for example the oil companies or, or conventional power companies mm-hmm. that lobby, uh, uh, for example, the Republican Party or, or people in office, and they've got a, a strong vested interest to make mm-hmm. sure that P- America continues to consume uh, 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 coal energy or oil energy or natural gas energy rather than converting to a green yeah. model and are just and very good at, at, at calling bullshit on real theories you know like real science they're yeah. like no nah, no nah, it's not true because this that and the other and then people i don't know it just it feels like the, the and you get the, impression, the dumbing down of the population yeah. you get the impression so that, that we because all, because the 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 governing party um is uh sort of listening to these or is in bed with these kind of corporate uh, uh people these lobbies mm-hmm. that it even gets its way into the education uh, system so that people are not being educated mm-hmm. about the about the real thing because the sort of the, the corporate greed is what yeah. runs the country yeah and i think disgusting. i think i think slowly the the the, the world uh, the western world is is becoming more and more dumb more and more stupid less and less educated because we, we're reading stuff that's you know got you know it's really difficult to find sources and things like that from places that you know that are that are not that haven't got some sort of vested interest in something and so we're getting our information like you know globally from now that it's all global mm-hmm. from news sources and stuff where i think i don't know it's just it's difficult to i don't know i think we're it's my theory anyway. i think we're seeing uh the 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 what the kind of uh, consequences of that all over the place yeah like people's general mistrust in in conventional media which, you know, to be honest, someone like Donald Trump is using that for his own advantage. Yeah. He just makes these blanket statements like, the news is fake. Mm-hmm. And that, that means that, like, people... Like, the news is really important. Like, journalism is, is really, really important because yeah. it provides a bit of balance. It's, they call it the fourth state. You've got, like, uh, the judiciary. You've got uh, uh, the... Who else? The, the executives, the politicians. You've got the head of state. And then you've got... Um, uh, uh, the the media as well, mm. and that, that's really important in in a democracy. But when you know the president basically says the entire media is all fake, then uh, that's there's something undemocratic about that. Yeah. Um, anyway, we just got massively sidetracked. Yeah, language. <laughs> we were talking about language. So uh, uh, people often, uh, when they're trying to learn English, they get distracted by the way the word looks. 
mm-hmm. as you said, you know, like for example, Spanish speakers might uh, pronounce words wrong because of the spelling, you know, because they yeah. don't realise. Um, and so, people who are learning English, they might need to create their own phonetic way of writing words. They might need to find like little ways to break words, like the French, for example. I find a lot of the time they they um, are really influenced by the written word because that's what they study at school. Yeah. Like French people in school, the school system is it really uh, prioritizes r- writing uh, and reading. Um, you know, that's and, yeah. and they rarely hear the spoken word. Certainly, they, they don't hear it that much in combination with the written word. So, as a result, many French people come out of the school system and they're just used to seeing English, mm-hmm. not actually hearing or yeah, saying or speaking it. it yeah. And so, when it comes to speaking it, they get into all these problems because they've never actually had to or have never actually heard those words being pronounced mm. um so in terms of like you know dealing with this yeah f- f- certainly learning the phoneme- phonemic chart or mm. well, the phonetic chart is really important i think for anyone learning uh, english because yeah. those are the sounds that we use yeah well like a classic example the uh, the other day uh my wife uh, said the word uh, bitting instead of biting uh-huh I mean, to be fair, the two, it's spelt B-I-T-I-N-G. So why would the two I's be pronounced differently? You know, one's, it's, it's it, it, bitting. The I and I. Yeah. yeah. So I, by. Ting. And I. I and I. By ting. Yeah. yeah. Like, for, as, as you said, like a French person reads that, they go, well, I is pronounced the same way. Yeah. Uh, because it's not followed by another vowel. Yeah. Which in French, often the vowels change sound because they've got another vowel next to them or something like that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she said bitting, and I was like, no, it's biting. Oh. Yeah. She, she swore and said, your language is shit. <laughs> uh, I, like, uh, I agree. It's really difficult, because whenever I come across this issue in my class, <laughs> what happens is my students will always, you know, I know exactly the question they're going to ask me before they ask yeah. me. And it's like, what's the rule? Can you explain yeah. us the, can you tell us the rule so that, uh, you know, we can decode this ridiculous language? And I have to say, well, there isn't really a rule. Sorry. You just got to learn it. And yeah. then they look at me like, well, come on, yeah. don't lie to us. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, there's not really, a, you know, you can look at patterns, but it's going to be much more complicated. Just, than just learning it than off just by heart. just like learning yeah. it off by heart. Yeah. Same um, with the, the, my, the very first mistake she ever made when we were together at nine Nine years ago, we were sitting at university. She was reading through like a like a tabloid magazine that was just on the table in the kitchen. Yeah, and she was like, "Oh, did you see uh, that uh, 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 Joaquin Phoenix? He has stopped uh, to be actor uh, to become a, a raper." <laughs> and I exploded with laughter. I was like, "Sorry, Joaquin Phoenix has stopped films to become a raper." <laughs> Turned out he'd stopped in order to be a rapper. Right. But rapper and raper, that extra P. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> could, be, could be problematic. <laughs> um, so, one th- you know, counting the number of syllables in a word helps because uh, in English, uh, you know, word stress is really important. Mm. So the, the, the pronunciation of certain vowels get pronounced with the full vowel sound in the stressed syllable. And then the unstressed syllable, often the vowel sounds are like this weak sound, mm. which is just uh, basically. Mm. Like, for example... Uh, what's uh, going back to your Spanish person? Yeah. Let's call you Juan Pablo. Again. Juan Pablo. Uh, what's the capital of uh, What's the capital of England or Britain? What's the capital of Britain? Uh, London. What would Juan Pablo say? London. London. Just both vowel sounds yeah. pronounced the same. Yeah. London. London. 
Uh, now, most people don't say London. It's probably a bad example. But anyway, it, London. It's, it, London. Mm. So the, fir- it, the stress is on the first syllable. Right. That's why it's uh. In, unfortunately, here, although it's an O, it's actually an uh sound. Yeah. But the second syllable... The it's se- just uh. It's just uh. London. Um, you know, there's loads of examples of Brighton. that. Brighton. Brighton. Tun. Un. Uh. Uh. That's why it, everyone makes fun of the New Zealand accent. Yeah. Because the, the I guess, the weaker vowel... It, it it can be whatever. They just make it up. But the thing with the New Zealand accent for me is just that it's like they've moved all their vowel sounds one to the left. <laughs> so like a, a a pen. It's a pun. A pun. Uh. And a, a pun. No, no. A pen is a pin. Yeah. And a pin is a pun. <laughs> and a pun is just a pun because you can't move it any further to the left. It's a fucking great joke. Um... <sighs> Yeah, don't we love language jokes? In English, English, yeah, we use weak, weak vowel sounds in the unstressed syllables. But let's look at some difficulties that French right. people have with pronouncing yeah. English words, and then we'll broaden broaden it out to include some other languages too, or just simply difficult words in general for everyone. Uh, we're going to start with the the French ones. Mm. Now, I'm talking about this because you tweeted uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, you 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 put a. You tweeted something in response to an article on mm-hmm. the French website, Topito. Correct. Uh, Topito. We know someone who works at Topito. Yeah, we do. Topito. I know the guys there. They're very cool. And they posted an article without my consent. <laughs> That's not true. Just about um, difficult things to pronounce in English. So I made a little video response. And I. It, so they've got, I think it's 10. Because uh, the, 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 the concept of Topito is they do top 10 things. Uh-huh. And this one was a top 10 things that are really difficult to say in English. Uh-huh. Uh, and so basically they had a, a list of things and I just reeled them off in one sentence basically. Say, ah, it's not that difficult, is it? So just to go through the words, we're going to go through it a bit more, caref- uh, bit more carefully in a moment. We've got, I have a sore throat. Or as the French would say. Go on. I have a sore throat. Okay. They'd, they'd switch the S and the... Th there. Okay. All right. Let's let's. I, I have a thore throat. Really? Is what they would say. I have a, I have a thore throat. Yeah. Why that? I Why? don't know. They switch the th and the s. Like the s and the th is really complicated in France. Yeah. Um, I can I can talk about that a little bit. Go on. Like basically, it's not just the French, but many people have problems with uh, th sounds. We've got uh, several th sounds. There's voiced and unvoiced. So yeah. the unvoiced one is. Like, like in Thatcher. Thatcher or Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then the voice one is th, like in what? The. The or... Um, uh, the. Oh, or, no, or no, no. Though, although. Although, yeah. Um, this, these, that and those, for example. Yeah. So th and the. Now, that's problematic for lots of people, but particularly for the French. What I find is that French people, instead of going th, they go s mm-hmm. or they go f. Yeah, or they go duh. Well, that's the voiced one. So the unvoiced one, th, sorry, yeah, th becomes s, which is like an s sound, or f, like an f sound. Yeah, and then the voiced one, th, becomes duh yeah. or z. Yeah. Okay. So, so like because basically the tongue pokes out. Well, it's like a little bit. It's so the the. the yeah, the, the, I made a video about how, the, how to how to do TH how to do sounds. TH. Yeah, because the TV show in France called The Voice, the full thing is this is the voice, which is a, a nightmare for French people. I don't know why they just didn't change the title to a French title, because mm. this is the voice. This 
is the can you, can you become Jean Pierre and bah, try this is the voice this is the voice or this is the voice mm-hmm. or this is well it'll probably be this is the voice because mm-hmm. they normally call it the voice like every every like the the presenter of the show will be in the middle of his explanation and he'll be like alors la semaine dernière sur the voice <laughs> cette semaine dans the voice It's like, mm-hmm. mate, if you're going to be the presenter of a TV show called The Voice, learn how to fucking pronounce The Voice. Mm. Yeah. Well. But the French have got this phrase as well that they use in English all the time. We don't really say it in English, but it's the way of saying the best thing to do or the best movie to watch or the best cookie to eat. Like, this, or, is, this is the best movie to watch. On yeah, s- they'll be like... Uh, and it'll be in the middle of a French phrase, I'll say. I'll be like, ah, oh, putain, uh, un, um, uh, What, love, I love the way the film? phrase begins with Ah putain What's the, what's the, what's the recent film Where ouais, uh, Dunkirk C'est the film à regarder en 2017 So they'll say it's, it's, it's like saying It's the film to watch in 2017 Which we don't really We say it in English But it's It's, it's the sort of thing You'd find in the media uh, You know Critics are saying That Dunkirk is the film to watch In 2017 Yeah exactly Donc, French people say ouais, C'est the film But they really pronounce it The Like It's almost exaggeratedly It's like really well. That's become French, then, hasn't it? Yeah, that, I think that's a bit of English becoming French yeah. there. Um, all right, so uh, uh, find some words in your own fucking language. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? I was going to say um, also Eng- some English people can't do th sounds either. Really? Yeah, Cockneys. Yeah, v- yeah, yeah. All right, mate. Uh, thanks, thanks, mate. Thanks a lot. So that's not thanks, but they're replacing the th with a f. Yeah. Thanks a lot, mate. You know, like, see you on Thursday, all right? See you on Thursday, yeah, yeah. I've, how long have you lived here? I lived here three months. Yeah. Three months, mate. And uh, same thing with the voice. Uh, V's. V's. V's ain't mine. Yeah. V's are yours, ain't they? V's, not V's. Who's is this? No. Who's is this? Who's is this? That's uh, people in London not doing the huh sound, which is another thing. That you find in France, as you said before, that often the H oh, sound. Oh, who's is this? Yeah, who's are these? Like, uh, who? Hello, over. Hello, who are you? You know, not hello, who are you? But uh, that's a typical thing in France. The H sounds are missing. Mm. Anyone who's seen your show, yeah, the, will, will, the, yeah, will, the H. I've got a whole like five minute bit around the H, and every time French person tries to contradict me because I'm like basically French people add an H when there isn't an H, and they take away an H when there should be an H. Um, And so I go on this whole bit that, you know, that French people can't pronounce it. It's difficult, blah, blah, blah. And I, uh, French people go, ah, yeah, but uh, how do you say the word for uh, the cheap time of the day? I'm going to, uh, cheap time of the day when uh, they, they, they ask me to, they write it out for me. They go, say this. Wait, wait, and what is it? The cheap time of the day to when, travel by train? No, to, uh, no I was going to say to drink alcohol. Oh, okay. That, that time of the day, maybe late afternoon yeah. where, where pubs make their, their prices cheaper. cheaper. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're like, well, how do you spell that? Uh, how do you pronounce it? Happy hour. Ah, you see, you do not pronounce the H in hour, English bastard. <laughs> That's usually their reaction. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that no one pronounces the H in hour. It's just yeah, a but, silent but My H. whole five minute bit is the fact that French people don't pronounce the H when there should be an H. And the word hour's got an H and that's their comeback for me. 
Right, but but uh, no, yeah, okay, all right, I see. We're, and it's a good point. So Feel I'm just, the burn. Yeah, but I just I I just like it. I like it when people say that because I'm like, oh, they're actually interested in what I'm saying, and they've yeah. been they've they've had they've been so angry at my anger that they're just like, oh, well, here's you. I'm going to get you, you English bastard. It means they're interested in what I'm saying. So yeah, good. yeah, that's good. That's good. Are you interested in what we're saying? I hope so. Now I'm interrupting the podcast here because this whole conversation is too long for me to upload as one single episode. Uh, if I did, it would be more than the length of a football match, and that's kind of like my my cut-off point. Um, so part two should be available either right away or in a day or two, so watch this space. And part one and two uh, will be on the same page on the website, so one single page for both episodes. Um, So we've been talking about the general challenge of understanding the seemingly weird relationship between English spelling and pronunciation in English and the influence of people's first language on their pronunciation of English words, along with various little jokes, funny accents and conversational tangents along the way. Now, don't forget that there are word lists and notes on the page for this episode, which will help you to make all of this clearer and... As well as that, I made a special video just for you in order to help you see the words, hear my pronunciation, see my mouth moving, and you can use that video to repeat after me to practice. And it contains over 40 tricky words that come up in this episode, both episodes, part one and two, including those voiced and unvoiced TH sounds, so th and th and more. Uh, Most of these words will actually come up in part two of this conversation as we spend time going through several lists of difficult words, and then we start doing some tongue twisters. You know what tongue twisters are, right? These are kind of lines uh, often that rhyme or lines that have certain difficult sounds in them, and they're kind of fun because you have to try and say them very quickly and they can be very difficult. I'm sure that you've got tongue twisters in your language as well. Every language has their own tongue twisters. Um, like, I mean, we mentioned one in this episode. Uh, she sells seashells on the seashore. For example, she sells seashells on the seashore. Can you do it? She sells seashells on the seashore. So we do some more tongue twisters and then there's some seriously bad rapping. In fact, what we try and do is do some tongue twisters in the form of um, raps with background music. Um, And uh, honestly, I think I really think that you should listen to that as soon as you can, because, well, I was laughing out loud myself while editing this episode. So I think that or at least I hope that it will have a similar effect on you. I really like this episode because I think it's an example of what I always want to achieve on this podcast, which is useful information for learners of English with real entertainment value, all presented in the form of an authentic conversation. So I like this one a lot, and I hope that you feel the same way. And it's always great to have Paul on the podcast and Amber as well. Uh, She's not in this episode, but I saw Amber the other day, uh, and she will be back on the podcast um before too long so that's just one for all the amber fans out there amber will be returning to the podcast soon okay right then this is the end of part one and i'll speak to you again in part two but for now goodbye bye 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 bye
Thanks for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.